is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Our program is sponsored by Living Water Church, located at 69 Industrial Road in Wainscott, under the leadership of Pastor Joe Kelly and his lovely wife, Margaret Kelly. Sunday services are at 10 a.m. with a pre-service prayer meeting at 9.30 a.m. Pastor Joe invites you to come and be refreshed. For more information, please call 631 537 2120. That's 631 537 2120. Let's talk about marriage, sponsored by Love Savers Ministry. This is Sandy Fox, ministering the blessings of covenant. Love can be defined in lots of ways, but in marriage, I love you really means I promise to be there for you all of my days. It is a promise that says I'll be there when you lose your job, your health, your parents, your looks, your confidence, your friends. Since God keeps his promises, we must keep ours too, especially the one we made before God, our family, our friends, and to each other when we said I do. I've heard the most important 15 words we can say are, I was wrong, I am sorry, please forgive me, I love you, I need you. If you want prayer for your marriage, please call Love Savers, 917-804-5034. That's 917-804-5034. And remember... Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13.8 Although it takes two to have a great marriage, an important truth for any marriage partner to realize is that he or she can really change no one other than himself or herself. Nevertheless, changes in just one person can have an amazing impact on a marriage relationship. Today, Sandy is going to talk with Aaron Smalley, Erin and her husband, Greg Smalley, wrote the book, The Wholehearted Wife, 10 Keys to a More Loving Relationship. Instead of focusing on how do I have a better marriage, this book helps women ponder the question, how can I be the best wife I can be? It provides every woman with skills, information, and encouragement to make a positive difference to this and future generations by wholeheartedly investing in her marriage and her relationship with her husband today. Let's listen. Good morning, Erin. Good morning. We had such a wonderful interview with your husband, Dr. Greg, and I feel so privileged that we're getting to speak with his better half. <laughs> now you're going to hear all the truth come out. <laughs> well, anyway. Tell him I get my chance, too. No, he's a great man. Yes. Anyway, what 
is your purpose and hope for your new book, The Wholehearted Wife? And how has the Smalley family legacy contributed to your perspective on relationships and your approach to counseling others? You know, my hope for this book is to encourage women, no matter where they're at in their marriage journey, whether they're preparing to get married, engaged, they've been married for 10, 15, 20 years, that the my father-in-law wrote books, you know, back in the 90s, and he had this video series called Hidden Keys to Loving Relationships. Yes. And it was, you know, it was big on infomercials and TV, and that was my first relationship training, really, that he, he equips me with these basic truths. And I, I have always said to him all the years, why isn't this information out there? Women my age and younger, they need to know this. Because it's just basic truth equipping for relationships, and especially marriage. So my hope is that women will be equipped with these basic, smally truths, and that they can then carry them into um, their marriage and their relationships. Right. I can remember uh, getting those tapes, and they were wonderful years ago um, when we started out. Your new book, The Wholehearted Wife, is subtitled Ten Keys to a More Loving Relationship. What are the ten keys addressed in this book, and how were they inspired and ultimately defined? You know, the, the great news, again, they're based on the original material that my father-in-law um, produced. And so, you know, of course, his key was honor. And so yes. that's the first chapter is honoring, and that's really learning to value your spouse. It sounds pretty simple, but often we have a hard time with that. And then the second chapter is nourishing, which is putting honor into action. And basically that, you know, helps you communicate and show your spouse how much you value and honor him. And accepting personality differences and other differences because as men and women, we are different, right? Right. <laughs> there's, there's differences that we bump up against. And instead of seeing them as issues, you know, how do we see these as positives? And, and strengths in our relationship. How do you connect spiritually? How do you have healthy communication? Because, again, this is an area that women often struggle with because we are so different as men and women in how we communicate and our goals in communication. That's true. And how to connect sexually because this is a big issue for many couples. And, you know, how as wives do we show up in the area of intimacy in our, in our marriage? How do we resolve conflict? Because really we reframe conflict as an opportunity to grow closer and to go deeper in your relationship with your husband versus separating and bringing division. So it's an, it's an opportunity. It's a doorway to intimacy. Another one is we talk about anger, which seems to be something that is not talked about a whole lot today, and especially around women. And yet it's this thing that I hear over and over again when I counsel women that this is an issue and that it's, it's, they don't like how they feel when they're angry and they, they re regret things they say they do in their anger. So really it's how do, we, how do we learn about anger, understand it, and then what do we do? And then forgiving because we have to be willing to forgive within a marriage relationship. I mean, we're married to imperfect um, men as we are imperfect and we do things they do things and we need to be willing to forgive and work through it and move forward and then really looking at the trials that we go through in life and in our marriage how do we view those as treasures 
how do we take those from challenges into seeing what God is doing because he promises that he will bring blessings through trials. So that's kind of the, the overview of the 10 keys that are contained in this book. And uh, it's kind of a, an all-encompassing relationship toolkit for women. Uh-huh. Explain how these topics apply to three key relationships a married woman encounters, the relationship she has with herself, her husband, and her marriage. You know, each of those topics, and this is kind of how the, the book ended up morphing into something very different than what my father-in-law originally did, and that we saw the need that she had to, as a woman, we had to apply this to ourselves first. Because ultimately, it's hard to give something that you don't have. So, you know, honor. If you're not honoring yourself, if you're not, and I'm not saying it like, you know, worship you. I'm saying the greatest commandment says to love God, love others, and love yourself equally as you love yourself. Right. So how, how to honor yourself, or what's the conversation going on in your mind? What, are, what kind of things do you say to yourself? Do you recognize that your value comes from God and God alone? So you know, really applying that to yourself and then applying it to your relationship with your husband. So how do you honor your husband? How do you nourish your husband? How do you encourage, you know, a healthy spiritual relationship with your husband? Then it goes to your marriage because then there's two people, a woman and a man, and then there's a marriage relationship in every, every marriage. And so this marriage entity needs to be also cared for, and all these concepts need to be applied to it as well. So it's all three of them makes the full holistic picture, and but it has to start with her understanding it and applying it as to herself as a woman. Right. Well, it's true that a woman can't ultimately have control of her spouse or marriage. She can generally have a powerful influence on both, right? So mm -hmm. what should it look like for a wife to be proactive about transforming her marriage, yet not controlling it? Yeah, I mean, often we like to control, don't we? Yeah. Because women, yeah. <laughs> I'll just put it out there. I'll admit yeah. it. Yeah, like in a negative you know, the, the, the bottom line is that we the more we try to control, the more they're going to react to us. But yeah. really what often we miss is that we have great potential to influence our marriage and to even change it. It's kind of like, you know, if you were playing ping pong with your spouse. You know, for many years you've hit the ball back and forth in the same way. Yeah. But if one person starts to put a different spin on that ball or, you know, they serve it in a different way, the, the response is going to be different because they're going to have to hold the paddle differently. They're going to be like, what are you doing? Why are you changing? And as women, how we show up in our marriage has, a, has just great potential. There, there's going to be change somehow because it's a dynamic system. And the change might be, you know, not fully what you're looking for. The change might go in the opposite direction, but change is going to happen. And often when we're modeling the behavior we want to see, it's amazing how it starts influencing our spouse. So it gives you the, the greatest chance. And, and really, you, the bottom line is you start looking at not how can I have a great marriage, but how can I be a great wife? How can I be the wife God is calling me to be? Amen. It's no secret that the understanding of gender roles is widely controversial, and men and women are common sources of conflict and frustration in relationships as a result. And... 
especially prevalent within marriage, how would you counsel Christian wives who desire that their husbands be better spiritual leaders? And could you describe the act of submission, what it should look like in this balance? And what can a wife potentially do to either encourage or discourage her husband's spiritual leadership? Mm-hmm, because, again, we have a lot of influence and a lot of, yeah. a lot of power that we don't recognize. And seriously, what I've seen consistently is that especially young wives, and I was the same way, came into my marriage expecting, I was marrying Gary Smalley's son, for goodness sake, expected that he would know how to be this great spiritual leader. (laughs) And the bottom line, he was 23 years old, and he had never led before. And so it's it's important to recognize that we're marrying, you know, often, you know, young people, young adults are getting married 26, 27, 28, and, you know, they, they've never done this before, so give them a lot of grace. And as strong women, especially, I'm one of those, and, you know, I want to just take over. Well, if you're not going to do it the way I want you to do it, then I'm just going to take over and do it. Yeah. And that doesn't work either because that causes them to feel more failed. Uh-huh. So really, we have to be a good follower and, you know, allow them to lead and let them lead in their way because it may not look like what it looked like in your home growing up, uh-huh. It may not look like what your best friend's husband does. And, you know, that it, it really, as they learn and grow and more encourage them and see what they're doing well and recognize that and, you know, praise him for that and love him unconditionally, encourage him, pray for him. And, you know, and really go back to, again, how am I showing up? Am I letting my husband lead? Am I, how am I as a wife? And often the word submission comes up, and I know that many people, especially women, cringe because, unfortunately, the word has been so abused in our society. Right. And it really, as women, as wives, we have, this is a choice. This is a heart choice that we have. Submission is a voluntary choice that we do. We, we honor God through this. We honor our spouse through this. And it's, it's really, God is telling us to voluntarily follow our husband's leadership. It's not saying to be a doormat. It's not saying that he's going to make every decision. It's that it's our responsibility to make this choice to be a, a soft-spirited woman, to, to have a gentleness in our heart, and, and to serve unconditionally unto the Lord. As our husband is serving us, we're respecting and we're submitting in return. And so it really is an opportunity that we have. It's a heart choice that we have as women. If you don't have gentleness in your heart, are there any little tips you have on, you know, just praying for that gentleness and tenderness that you become that sweet-speaking Woman, what what are some tips to turn the edgy woman into a gentle one? (laughs) I have a couple I'm working with right now. (laughs) They're kind of bossy and it scares their husbands. (laughs) You know, first and foremost, what I find is that often as women, we're not aware. We're not even aware that we're not showing up tenderly. And, you know, none of us are perfect. Right. And this is, this is, that's why we have uh, this lifetime journey of, yes. of becoming more like Christ. And so first and foremost, becoming aware of how are, you know, just take it in, in analysis. How are we doing? And if it's not tender or not even kind, 
in the way that, that we desire, that the Lord desires for us to show up, then yes, start praying. But underneath that, there is a heart issue. And start yes. praying about what is going on in your heart. Often our hearts are closed. Right. And when our hearts are closed, the, the fruits of the Spirit aren't flowing forth from our closed heart. We have to have open hearts to be in communion with the Lord. That's right. He can infuse us with what we need to show up gentle and kind and patient and loving. And, you know, so take it, take a step back and look at your heart. If your heart is closed, it's often, again, we want to judge it and beat ourselves up. We have a closed heart and right. that doesn't do any good either. How so do we keep our hearts open? How do we me? get our hearts open when they're closed? There's a, there's a verse in the Old Testament and it talks about rend your heart, not your clothing. So basically, in Old Testament times, they used to rip their their heart, their clothing, in their grief to the Lord. And so Uh go to the Lord, and basically he's saying, I want you to rip your heart open to me, because ultimately he's safe. Yes. Talk to him about what has happened to your heart. Growing up, you know, early in your marriage, what has happened to your heart? There's lies that have been written on your heart. Yes. You know, hurt. Yes. through that process of forgiving, working through, allowing Him, I don't know how He does it, but the Lord heals our hearts. He came to to set us set the captives free, and I believe that He He came to to give us a life of fullness. Right, and Ezekiel says He took away our heart of stone and, yeah, and gave us yeah. a soft so it's, heart. It's one of those things that again we're not aware that our hearts closed. Yeah, like that you know that little roly poly bug. That yeah, is, you know, yeah. often outside crawling on the sidewalk. Yeah. You know, when that little bug gets flicked, it closes down. Yeah. And it, it goes into a tight little ball, and that is just like our heart. When our heart gets emotionally flicked, whether when we were a child or whether how we interpreted something, you know, during the day, each and every day, our husband might say something to us or give us that look. And our yes, that down look. Like that little roly yeah. poly bug. Uh-huh. And from the bottom line, that bug will reopen when it feels safe, and that's our heart, too. So how do we create an environment between us and the Lord? It's right. great when our spouse is involved in this, but again, we can't make him do that. We can't control him, but what we have control of is us. And so our heart is our responsibility, and our, our God gave us our heart. And right. And he and us, we can do this job. I love the way you smallies talk about safety in marriage. Mm -hmm. I love that word. And you Mm -hmm. bring it up all the time. Could you talk about that safety, creating the safe place Mm -hmm. where you can open your heart? Could you say something about that? Yeah, because when we don't feel safe, you know, think about it, Sandy, when you don't feel safe, do you want to, you know, share your deepest needs and feelings and dreams? You know, if someone's criticizing you and, you know, saying unkind things and harsh, you know, no, when it's, we don't, when when that is the environment, we want to get away, we want to flee, we don't want to open it and share our heart with right. that person. Yeah. Thus, as a spouse, how can we influence the environment in our home with our husband, with our kids, with our friends, you know, is they're sharing something, even if we don't agree with it, we can, we can validate what they're feeling. You know, gosh, I can. I understand that. That's how you see it. You know, I, right. I get that. That was your experience. Instead of saying, "No, that's not. It. That's not right." Right. You know, right. that's that's not how I felt. And 
you know, that's a stupid way to feel. And, right. You know, instead, we can we have an opportunity to create this environment within our home that is the safest place on earth. Outside of our doors, you know, we know that the world can be a crazy place. Yes. Our spouse walks in after a long, hard day at work. Our kids walk in after school. Right. How are they going to be greeted in our home? What kind of environment are we going to, you know, and we can't control it, but we can sure influence it. Yes. How we show up. So it's, it's something to think about. because if It we want sure open is, hearts, isn't it? Safety yes, in it the is. home. If we yeah. want open hearts, because that's the key right. to a thriving marriage. You think about, you know, Moses talks about the hardness, the hardness of your heart. Right. It is, it's, and it can it happen so quickly. Yes. Just to shut yes. down. Yep. Just or when you get be, your buttons pushed, right? Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> buttons get pushed, our hearts close down. Yeah. We end up closed for, you know, a day. Yeah. And then it's a year. The grudge and works in, years. right. Yes. And then our the heart grudges. is fossilized and hardened. Yeah. Anyway, conflict is inevitable in marriage. So how should wives view and approach conflict, do you think? And how can conflict actually lead your relationship to a deeper level of connection, do yeah, you think? because, you know, often we, we don't, oh, who enjoys conflict? <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't get married so I could, you know, fight with my husband. Right, right. <laughs> but the thing that we don't, we, how we view it is we want to reframe conflict like I said earlier, as an opportunity to grow closer because when you're in conflict, there are needs of the heart being revealed. And that's, that's really an amazing gift to see into your spouse's heart. But we have to be very careful on how we do it. Conflict is optional. Combat is something that we don't want. Conflict right. is not optional. Combat is right, optional. Right, right. Yeah. So we can go into conflict. We don't have to go into combat. So we can do healthy confrontation, healthy conflict, and that's what leads you to, to deeper levels of intimacy. And you might be wondering, you know, what is healthy conflict? You know, really, it's when we can have honest communication. We can uh -huh. confess that we've, we've done something, that we've hurt someone. Yeah. We can seek to understand. We can set boundaries. Um, we, can, we can seek unity versus unhealthy conflict. Right. It's, further, it's angry. It's abusive. Exactly. It, it yeah. destroys trust. You know, there's yeah. no limits on it. It feels unsafe. Yeah, I say without the DDAs, without the, yeah. um, you know, the disrespect yes. and the anger and that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And, you know, so we the have... The demands. Without demands, disrespect or anger. Without the DDAs. Right. 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 Yeah, and so, you know, just how we show up uh, is, is such a key, you know, that we work towards, you know, him mattering, us mattering, and finding win-win solutions. Yeah, win-win, you know, yeah. Each of us has to matter in this marriage. If it's just one person, it's a dictatorship, you know? And yeah. And marriage is two people, and we've got to make room for our spouse. Lately, um, we have been working on that, my husband and I, coming to an enthusiastic, I actually said to him the other day when we were not, we were in conflict about something, well, I'm willing to come to an enthusiastic agreement, <laughs> you know, and he said, well, I am too, and we really did, it was wonderful, you know. Oh, and, and see, and that, 
Look yeah. at how you showed up. Yeah. That word enthusiastic yeah. is a positive, upbeat word. And right. It sounds like your heart was open. And, yes. Yeah, it leads to good things. Yeah. Anyway, many wives blame their husbands for the state of their relationship whenever th things go wrong, and they explain the impact of blame and conversely of honor on individuals in a relationship. So how does a woman's self-esteem affect her ability to honor her spouse? And what if a wife doesn't believe that her husband deserves to be honored? I have actually said to them, well, do it in the name of the Lord. It, you know, right. don't, because they also we say, well, you know, I have to wait until he deserves it. Well, exactly. I mean, I think you got to give the respect and honor, you know, as yeah. unto the Lord, you yeah. know, until you can get him to yeah. come around and deserve it, right? What do you have to say about yeah. that, Erin? And, you know, it's a, it's a mindset, it's an attitude of uh -huh. honor. Uh -huh. And we have to, first and, first and foremost, see that we are valuable because the Lord says we are. And, you know, as a woman, again, we can't give what we do not have. So how we view ourselves, is going to impact how we view our husbands and our children even. And so, you know, spend time, if you're, if you're struggling with this and not feeling valuable as a woman, you may not even be aware of it, but start listening to what you say about yourself. Start listening or just watching how you treat yourself. Uh -huh. And then, you know, write out the scriptures. You know, um, I'm, you were made in God's image in Genesis. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're my treasured possession. You're my glorious inheritance. And you are precious and honored in my sight, he says in Isaiah. Write those out on cards and reflect on those each and every time you go down that path of self-berating or, you know, cutting yourself down. Because uh -huh. you, your value isn't decreasing based on how you're viewing yourself. Because God says, your, God reveals your value in Scripture, and that doesn't change. Uh -huh. It's how we view ourselves, and that's how we view our husbands. And so, again, every, all of those scriptures are true about our husband, regardless of how he's behaving. It's to separate the two. So the way we can, we can then apply that is to, to not only look at our husband and choose to see the value in him, we can then treat him in valuable ways. It's to cherish and to nourish. It's a verse in Ephesians that talk about uh, not only cherishing and, and honoring but also treating people in in honoring ways. So, yes, and I think you mentioned that we're to yeah. look at our husbands as precious diamonds. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. when we see something that is so valuable, you know, you think about, you know, I, I know our our daughter who's now sixteen, she'll love that I'm sharing this. She had this little uh, this little stuffed animal when she was about three years old, and it, her name was Gracie, and she adored Gracie. I didn't get Gracie's value because, you know, Gracie didn't mean anything to me, but Gracie meant the world to Murphy. Yeah. Murphy would not leave anywhere without Gracie. And one time we were going on a vacation, and every time uh, Murphy lost Gracie, she would have a temper tantrum because it was upsetting. <laughs> yeah. So we were going on a vacation, and my husband, who you know, Greg, um, went out and he bought a bunch of Gracie's. So whenever Murphy lost them, he could get a new one. <laughs> and someone once said, you know, that's lying to your child. I was like, it wasn't me. It was my husband. <laughs> Pray for that man. And so we, we were going on vacation and Greg realized that we were out of Gracie's. And so literally Murphy, through her tears, pretty much said, you know what? I want you to take Gracie on the trip and I'll stay home. Because she valued Gracie so much, 
she was willing to sacrifice. We're going to Disney World. Yeah. She was willing to sacrifice her trip to Disney World for because she valued Gracie so much. She wanted to take Gracie to take her place and that she would stay home. And, and that's exactly what we're talking about, that when we see our spouse with such great value, you can hear the second part of our interview with Aaron Smalley next week. In the meantime, you can find more resources from Aaron and Greg Smalley if you go to their website, www.smalleymarriage.com. Aaron's husband, Dr. Greg Smalley, serves as Executive Director of Marriage and Family Formation at Focus on the Family. Today's Marriage Manor is from Ezekiel 36:26. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. I'll take the bad times. I'll take you just the way you Oh